Welcome to Work Life Cafe podcast. My name is Kashif, and together with Sam, we want to have a dialogue with you about life, work, and how to thrive in our always connected world. Work Life Cafe podcast is brought to you by Manpower Group Malaysia. If you want to ask us about a specific topic or a specific question, go to manpower.com.my forward slash work life cafe. Submit your questions there and we will gladly address them. That's manpower.com.my forward slash worklifecafe. So today we're going to talk about what would you do if your job was impacted by COVID-19. I'm joined by my co-host, Sam. And tell us what you think, Sam. Um, what should you do if your job was impacted by covid well, good to be back, Kashif. Um, and yeah, a meaty topic today. So uh, the first thing I would advise everybody to do is don't panic. The reality is, despite the current situation, there are opportunities out there. So the first and most important thing is to look at what is your immediate, what is your financial situation? So how much time do you have? Because in the event that there is some kind of a separation. There is usually some form of financial compensation. So the first thing that you need to do is how financially secure am I and for how long? Because depending on that time, you can then decide on how much time you have to look for opportunity. The second right. is look for opportunities to do things that you're passionate about, things that you're really you really feel strongly about, you're, you're good at and enjoy doing. One of the things to guard against is to define yourself by the job that you did. It's a very, very natural thing for us to do is to think, okay, I've been an accountant for 20 years, so therefore I'm an, an accountant, that's me, or I'm an engineer. So think about the things that you're able to do and think as broadly as you possibly can. Then think about, you know, what are opportunities out there? You know, I'm a, I'm a firm believer that you can transfer skills. So we, we all have capabilities, skills that could be transferred from one industry to another, from one job to another. And then what I would advise you to do is, if, if you've done this before, look at a brief uh, resume highlighting your experience, what you've been good at, your achievements. So I guess the nearest thing to it is I would say is just look at the type of LinkedIn profiles. That's what I would do because in this day and age, people are not going to go through very long and detailed CVs. So your first page is all about what have you done? What have you achieved? What are you like as an individual? And then maybe in the second page, you can then detail the chronology of some of the jobs that you have. In many cases, if you reach out to a, a, a recruitment company, they will help you do an awful lot of the legwork because they will be connected already to opportunities. So that would be my advice is to speak to a recruiter um, that will sort of have a look at your resume that will help you in terms of understanding what type of opportunities. They will also give you an idea of what you can expect in terms of pay package, etc. And that's how I would start. From a mindset perspective, open mindset, be prepared to 
look at different things being in different environments, maybe different compensation. The most important thing to do is just to find something that's fulfilling for you. Again, depending on your financial situation, that may be I need to find a job in a few weeks. In some cases, I have a little bit more time, so it might take me a couple of months. Uh, and I've, I, you know, I can I can do that. I can wait for a couple of months, so I can be a bit more choosy. So a very interesting answer, um, because uh, it is it is more or less the advice that many experts give for people when it comes to choosing what type of jobs a person should take. So first of all, I think there are two parts of the question uh, talking about the impact COVID had on your job. First of all, yes, it can be dramatic. A person might have had to leave his or her job or was asked to leave his or her job. So that's kind of a, the more dramatic way. And then there is the other side of uh, an impact that might not has been might not have been so severe in its uh, size, but could have perhaps uh, uh, they had a pay cut or a person had to reduce the amount of days they had to work, or for example, they were scheduled for a promotion and they didn't get a promotion because of the the um, COVID and. Of course, there are other costs considerations. For example, there are situations where a person was, for example, supposed to get a bonus or an increment. So that type of impact, financial impact, nevertheless, it is a financial impact, but it's not mm. so severe. So how should a person tackle that type of uh, situation where their financial uh, or lifestyle, their lifestyle had to be changed as a result of uh, COVID and uh, the, the measures that companies, some companies took aside from retrenchment or uh, downsizing exercises. That's a really, really interesting perspective, actually, Kashif, and it's so topical because yesterday I got a call from an old friend of mine. We've known each other for a long time when we both used to work in Singapore. Last year, unfortunately, he, this wasn't COVID-19 uh, specifically, but unfortunately, he was retrenched. And with the current situation, he's, he's, he's in between roles. Mm -hmm. I guess the key thing is there are lots and lots and lots of factors in. So if you are, if you're in your early 20s, you have your whole life ahead of you. So the decisions that you're, will contemplate and the risks that you will take will be completely different than if you're in late, your late 50s. So yeah. in my friend's case, he's, you know, 50 is rapidly approaching and he's figuring that perhaps his next job may well be, if not his last, but the one before his last, before he goes. So how he's going about looking at the kind of job he's looking for is going to be very, very different than if you're in your early or, or mid-career. So you're, you're, you're in the early stages. How would you approach it? What would you do? Well, uh, I think I'm very much uh, in agreement with you that the first, very first step is to look at the financial situation and whether how much luxury do I have to spend time and contemplate and be picky about my job. Mm. Um, in my situation, 
perhaps I have some room to pick and choose. Uh, but at the end of the day, uh, I have to make the choice quickly. And to me, frankly, um, if things go south, right, and you know industries collapse or some major, major impact to, uh, God forbid, our company happens, my plan would be to go back to my wife's kampong and plant potatoes and cabbage, and uh, because I think. If meaningful work, it is meaningful work. It is being productive and it is, uh, I think, crisis safe. No matter what happens, you can always find a piece of land. Uh, and if you don't own a piece of land, perhaps you can agree with someone who owns it and can't work on it. So you, and I'm sure in a kampong area, there are lots of relatives, there are lots of uh, connections there, and you can leverage on, on, on those relationships to get a small, I mean, even if it's a small piece of land, but just to stay productive, to do something, and to at least uh, contribute to society and the people around you. So that's kind of the plan B for me, if things are really, really bad. But you know what, it's, it's, it's really pragmatic because the reality is is that there are always always options and solutions. I, I I always feel that in a situation like this, there is actually an opportunity every time you're whether by choice or not through choice, you're given the opportunity to change the career. It gives you a, an opportunity to just stop and think about what you're doing how meaningful it is to you. The financial side of it is always going to be a factor. Of course, we all have to, you know, all of us work so that we can ensure that we provide for our families, our children, our future. No question about that. But you can do that while still thinking about doing something meaningful. Many, many people in, in this time, I, look, I, here's, here's, here's a Sam prediction. I think this COVID-19 situation is going to be one of the biggest factors in driving more entrepreneurs. I think there will be more people who will decide, you know what, this is a great opportunity. It's a great time for me to do it on my own. It doesn't have to be large scale. It could be small scale. It could be that yep. you're a, an IT professional. You know what, I'm going to do some gigging for a while and see if I can, if I can enjoy doing some freelancing. Or, you know, I'm semi-retired or I'm almost retired, I've spent 30, 40 years of business, in business, I've accumulated a ton of experience yeah. that has a value. You know, it, I think the opportunities out of this is once you've hit rock bottom and it's, we don't know whether we're quite there or not, but one thing is for sure, and we've got history that tells us, when you reach rock bottom, the only way is, is up. And there will be a rebound, whether it's quick or whether it's slow, but there will be a rebound. So almost everybody is going to be looking for the type of person who's able to adapt to this kind of an environment. Certainly. And that's, that's the key. So your, your idea about going back to the land, you know, food is becoming more and more important in this situation. How important has it been during this period? Other than toilet rolls, of course, which seems to be a preoccupation <laughs> for everybody. Maybe, maybe, maybe that's what we should look at. You know, for the next pandemic, first thing is is invest in toilet, toilet paper. Papers, yeah. Yeah. 
That's, that seems to be the preoccupation. But joking aside, I think most people were preoccupied with, I've got to feed my family. Yeah, that's 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 one of the reasons because land produces food, so that's why. And and it's always again, it is. To me, I thought it's going to be crisis proof in a sense. Agree. So here's one for you. Mm. Part of the right sizing or the changing in many organizations now is is because maybe the job is not going to exist anymore. Yeah. So, you know, we, we talk an awful lot about automation. Yep. So what would your advice be for somebody whose job is about to be automated? And I'm, again, I'm not suggesting that's going to be the case with many people, but I'm reasonably sure that post this pandemic, many organizations will be thinking, how do I... How do I automate certain processes? So what would your advice be to somebody in that situation where the job has been automated? Staying uncomfortable, and I'm kind of summarizing it, because if you're comfortable, no matter what you're doing, if you read the articles, not, not even post-COVID, before COVID, every single job, it was, is, and will be impacted with IT, with technology, with AI, and it starts from uh, blue-collar positions in the manufacturing line, ending with lawyers, doctors, and professionals who have spent years and years of learning to acquire the expertise and the knowledge and the technical skills to execute on their work and their profession. Mm, so absolutely. What, so what does that mean is... Uh, unless you continue to venture into areas where you don't have the skills, unless you venture into areas where um, for software, so let's let's take a very simple example, what my personal experience right now. And you would know, um, I'm working right now a lot with Excel sheets and reports and data. And there is a Persistent need to automate and streamline the reporting part of it. Absolutely, yeah. So I had to venture into an, in an uncomfortable zone. Excel was kind of more comfortable, safe environment, and uh, an area where a software that I've used since school times, and I have to acquire new skills in a new software. So right now it's very popular. You have uh, Power BI. Uh, tool, which precisely is developed for data visualization purposes. And so it is the, you have to take that step to move away from what's familiar, from what is warm, from what feels safe, and venture into the unknown and have the bravery, the courage, the audacity to step and take that leap. And you know, be in a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a zone where you don't know what's going on, you don't understand what's happening, and you try to figure out your way in the woods. Um, so no matter what profession a person has, unless they have that, uh, I mean, we at Manpower Group, we call it curiosity and learnability, right? To me, it is the courage and 
again, the audacity and taking that step, the first step. Sometimes I say to myself, the hardest part uh, about going to a gym is actually entering the gym. That's the hardest part of it. And once you're in, you're, you're in. But it is getting the ball rolling. You have a, a, right, you have a rock and you want to start rolling it. The hardest part is to get it start rolling. And it's the mindset. It's yes, the mindset. It is certainly a mindset. And the human nature, uh, the way I'm exploring it right now, uh, the, from what I'm reading and from what I'm feeling, especially COVID situation, is that we really get used to things. We get used to the new norm, to the new situation pretty quickly. It doesn't take us much uh, to get used to whatever situation the human is in. And it takes much more effort to get away from whatever is the norm now. So just a simple example, it was a bit difficult to get used for me working from home. It took several days for me to get used from home. Now that we're going back to the office, uh, I have this, okay, now I have to get used back to the office. And to the office, yeah. So yeah. it's whatever our body, soul, and emotions are used to um, is where the comfort is. And the moment we ask ourselves, you know, take, do something different, do something new that is not consistent and monotonous as it has been for the past, depending on the situation, past hours or past days or years, this is where it becomes difficult. And that is precisely what is needed in situations where we have uh, viruses, where you have wars, economic uh, crises. So this type of courage to be very flexible and move from one situation to another and quickly adapt to the new uh, norm, I believe is what really makes people uh, flourish. Those people who have that skill and ability will be able to flourish and just like you know Bruce Lee was saying, be like water. You know, if you pour water into a pot, it becomes a pot. If you pour it into a cup, it becomes the cup. So that's the type of flexibility humans and people should have today, I believe. I completely agree with you. I think I think the the only thing is is it is easier said than done. Because okay. you know, as human beings, we're hardwired to keep things the same. I think there is comfort in familiarity. And when we're starting to, you know, to say to people, well, you know, you've got to think about something different. I think if there's anything that we've learned from from the pandemic is, is that we've got to be thinking ahead all the time. We've, we've got to be thinking, you know what, 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 what's likely to happen? It's scenario setting, mm -hmm. I guess. I mean, you'd expect that from any organization to be thinking about, but it's now about all of us, right? It's about thinking about the choices that we're going to make. It's anticipating what's going to happen. And like you, I think the, working from home scenario has changed our perspectives on, on, on how we work and how we do things. I honestly see more and more people thinking, you know, this is the way I want to work moving forward. I don't want to work in a corporate office. I don't want to work a nine to five. I want the freedom to be able to do what I want. And this is a, a great opportunity to explore. So, so I'd agree with you. I think it's being uncomfortable is a scary thing. Mm -hmm. But when you think about the potential in terms of the potential upside, the potential 
opportunities that are absolutely great. And age is no barrier. I mean, I want to make sure that we all understand this is not about exuberance of youth. This applies as much to people who are towards the end of their career because one bright spark is, is in Malaysia, we have nigh on full employment and the demand outstrips the supply. So for many people, you can work well beyond retirement age as long as you have the mindset and the flexibility to be able to explore things. I think there are opportunities for everybody. It's just a question of taking the time to figure out what's going to work for you financially, uh, professionally, emotionally, mentally, because you need to be engaged in all of these areas and, um, and going for it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but here is, here is uh, perhaps a hard question. Let's take the, the, a severe case. Suppose I am a grab driver and my sole source of income during the crisis was delivering food. Um, and suppose I got my SPM. I didn't go for university. I didn't go for college. I don't have higher education. And I mean, I, what I make in a day, that's what I eat. What would be your advice for me? How can I improve my uh, financial situation, my career potential, and my life overall? Really good question. Uh, the first thing I would say is first, make sure you continue to secure your income. And let's face it, I think, you know, Grab has been particularly innovative. When during the MCO, when there weren't that many people uh, grabbing cabs, pretty much all of the cab drivers then turned into home delivery. So just by thinking outside the box, you're able to, to generate income. My advice to somebody in that position is, is to look at upgrading and upskilling. Now, this is something that can seem incredibly daunting to, to begin with, but the reality is it can take many forms. So to use an example, I have no formal education. You can reskill in areas where there is still a demand. Customer service is going to be more increased. E-commerce is going to generate more and more jobs. So even if you're looking at smaller steps to upgrade your skills, to give you more options, that, that would be the first thing I would look at. But again, keep in mind that you want to be doing something that you enjoy, because if you're doing something that you enjoy, it doesn't seem like work. So that's the key. And it also is likely to involve upgrading your education. Maybe at that time it didn't seem important or there were personal circumstances where you couldn't complete your education. Who knows? I mean, when you're at that young age, there are so many things that could seem more important than your education at that time. So again, maybe it's going back and, 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 and learning. Now, learning doesn't necessarily going out there and getting a PhD in psychology. It could be literally learning a skill or a trade. Let me give you an example. I don't know whether it's still the case, but some years ago, it was becoming extremely difficult to get a work permit to work in Australia. But hairdressers and plumbers, no problem. Because these were skills that were not abundantly available. So 
life and opportunity is not about having more and more qualifications. In some cases, having a qualification may be a prerequisite to a certain job, but it's not necessarily the be all and end all. I, I would argue that education in many, many forms is a way of expanding the mind. But learning is also part of that. It could be learning a trade, learning a skill, expanding your experience. So that would be the way, the way I would suggest, is look at what is it you enjoy doing? So uh, here is a personal experience. Here is a, an example with my wife. Um, after she left her corporate job, she wanted to explore an opportunity to be a solopreneur or entrepreneur, the way you want to call it. And she wanted to learn how to sew. So she searched online for a workshop where they teach students how to sew. She went there, uh, spent from her savings. I supported a little bit, but it was a collaboration between me and her. So you, just wanted, you just wanted to get in on, 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 on the first step, right? <laughs> just get some shareholding in the firm before she goes of global. Course. Of course. So she went there and she learned the good thing also, I mean, this is why I think there are many reasons to love Malaysia, in my opinion. And this is one of the reasons, which is here it is. Although the workshop had on paper defined hours and defined numbers of sessions, the teacher was very generous to go beyond, well, more and beyond of what was paid for, because she saw that my wife was interested in this. She was... Uh, doing well so she wanted to give more and she did she actually offered her to be there no matter how long she wanted the, to be there and use the machinery and the equipment there for her own projects now eventually we bought a, a machine ourselves and so here is the, the the interesting part right there are ups and downs and things that you try you think initially that you really like and eventually turn out well that's not so much something that i really want to do so she went through that experience. Uh, she liked it at the start, but then after we bought the machine, it kind of dwelled down. <laughs> and <laughs> there goes your investment. Exactly. But nevertheless, she experienced it. And okay, so actually I had an ROI. She uh, altered my suit for me. So that there was an ROI there. There you go. Um, and now she actually ventured into something that, uh, what is, as far as I can see, she really, really enjoys doing and keeps doing. Uh, which is baking. Um, so she has an Instagram page and she sells uh, to people online. And uh, again, the way she learned it, there was no workshop, but she went online, searched for YouTube videos and learned from other people how to do this particular cake or that particular um, um, biscuit. And it's it's kind of going on. So the amazing thing, as you said, Today, knowledge is available everywhere, and it's not necessarily have to be from standard or like the, the, the usual uh, you know, status quo. You have to go to school, you have to go to college, you have to get a degree, and that's how you acquire skills. Today, you can acquire skills in many, many different ways. Uh, I mean, even if, if, I mean, if you have a workshop and you like, let's say you, have, you like carpentry and there is a workshop next to your house, chances are if you go there and offer them, look, I'm going to work for you for free, I just want to learn the trade, chances are 
people will accept it. Exactly. And I think, I think the example of your wife actually sums up the whole thing is, you know, we, we live in an age where we all expect first time success at what we do, you know, instant millionaire, you know, it, and the reality is, as somebody much smarter than me once said, the instant millionaire has been a pauper for many years before that date. So it all it all takes time. And by exploring the different options, you never know where you end up. But the journey is the whole the whole part. So in going through the the sewing experience and learning, you know, she's learned that maybe this is not something that she wants to commit to. But what's important more important is she had the courage to say, you know what, this is not what I want to do. You know, many people would say, right, I've got the machine now, you know, I've made the investment, I'm going to spend, you know, two years, three years doing something I really don't like. But she was courageous enough to say, you know what, this is not for me, I can be successful doing something else. So I think that's really, really important. And the key is, is it's all about that, 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 that passion. The other thing that, that this situation is, is learning is no longer at colleges and and universities, you can learn anywhere. Like you say, YouTube is probably likely to be one of the biggest universities ever in the world in terms of teaching yourself to do anything. I mean, I remember a situation years ago when the battery ran out on our safe at home, it had all of our passports, and we had a taxi coming to take us to the airport in half an hour you could imagine the kind of panic that we had you know myself my wife my kids it's, it's an electronic safe it's an electronic safe so once once the battery goes dead you're in you're in a bit of trouble so anyway we go to youtube look it up and lo and behold there is a little point there where if you stick an external battery you can open it up in minutes so access to information is 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 amazing you know you can you can tap into information also i think there's a lot more people that are prepared to collaborate you know a lot of people are working together and learning how to work together and learning from each other and you can connect with people there's a sort of sense of community you know as i've mentioned before i'm a triathlete mm -hmm. some would say part-time triathlete or part-time country manager i'm not sure which is which <laughs> they'll let my boss hear this but um yeah, within our community, as you could imagine, there are many people from different walks of life who have been impacted. And just by... Are the, all of them the, country the, managers too? <laughs> every walk of life. There are lawyers, there are people who own their own businesses, people literally from different walks of life. This is part of the reason why I love the sport. It's a great equalizer in any kind of sport, to be perfectly honest. When, when you go ahead and do, whether it's running, whether it's cycling, what, whatever it is that you do, while you're immersed doing what you're doing, the only thing that defines you is your performance on that particular day. And that's what I, as I say, I love about sport. But in that situation, through the community, through our connections, we were able to recommend. So most of, most of my needs, the things I've needed over the MCO, have been, I've gotten through people that I've connected with and I know. So don't underestimate the networks that you have formed, whether it's family, whether it's friends, whether it's colleagues. These are always going to be there for you to potentially leverage.
again, as I said, this friend of mine who called me after, we haven't seen each other for seven or eight years. We've kind of kept in touch, but you know, he called yesterday, picked my brain about some business idea he has. Very, very excited about hearing more about it. So I think that's the really important thing is this the mindset that you want to address, positive mental attitude, uh, a, a way that you want to look at the possibilities and the opportunities, because they are truly, truly endless. And the only limitation of possibilities is, is how far you're prepared to go. It's yourself. Yeah, that's, that's a very good uh, advice, Sam. Um, it's, it's a, a lot of it, as you say, uh, is in our heads. It's in our heads. There is, there is another thing is as well. There is the old adage sometimes that it says, sometimes it's better to be lucky than to be good. <laughs> so you know, don't underestimate the importance of trying because you may just be the right person at the right time the right time you don't necessarily have to have all of the qualifications it's just making that that connection at the right time so that's really really important keep your spirits up keep things going to follow on your saying there is another saying which is luck favors the prepared sometimes it's not necessarily about being practically prepared it's about being mentally prepared that's what we're saying it's about being open for opportunities hearing uh, what other people are saying and what ideas are coming to, to your mind and to your head and be open for those thoughts, opportunities and be accepting in a sense. As, as, as you started the conversation, was if someone was an accountant for 20 years, it's kind of easy to say, well, I'm an accountant and full stop. Whereas life is much more and the world is much more than, than accountancy. Absolutely. I think, I think the single biggest limiter to human endeavor is the mind. Yeah. It, it's, it, it can be a, a very positive or a very dark place. And the most important thing is, is to learn to leverage the mind for positive things. Of course, there are going to be moments of uncertainty. I think nothing worthwhile in life has ever been achieved easily. And, and, if you're one of those people who's achieved things relatively easily, or maybe you're just not trying hard enough, you know, maybe there are even bigger opportunities. But I think the key is, is the combination of that, that the passion will keep you going because I'm sure there will be days when you're tired, you, you're stressed, but because you love what you do, that's what keeps you going. And I think that's the really important thing to focus on in, in times like this. Certainly. Certainly. Thank you very much, Sam. I think this was a wonderful conversation and I hope our audience liked it. Um, okay. Yeah, so I hope we get lots of questions on this. Yeah, I hope so too. Also here, we're also here to help. And um, yeah, we're looking forward to answering some uh, some questions in, in in the future as i say this is a an opportunity to to transform yes absolutely so guys if you have any questions reminder manpower.com.my forward slash work life cafe if you are facing challenges during the mco or post mco and have specific areas which you want us to highlight or advice on um, maybe even think about 
uh, that can help you with your careers, with your lives, we'll be very glad to read them and uh, address them in our future episodes. Thank you all for tuning in to our episode today. We hope you enjoyed it. In the next episode, we're going to talk about going back to office. Again, if you have any questions, please submit them at manpower.com.my forward slash worklifecafe. And we will gladly take them on board and uh, address them. Stay safe and we'll talk to you next time. Yeah, look forward to talking to you soon.